Gave him the finger, too. <laughs> Episode 16 of the Anchor Me Farm podcast. I'm Brian. I'm Kara. And we actually have an interview today. We got one done. Yay! We, we got the Zoom accounts figured out. We did the recording. It actually worked. It only took us two tries to get the meeting correct. Yep. <laughs> so it's... You can expect more of that in the future. Yes. Once we have more people lined up and can figure out schedules, it's crazy for everyone this time of year, obviously, but you got to do what you got to do. Honestly, we might end up with more interviews in the winter because of that. Yeah, well. Or in the fall. Basically, whenever somebody... Has time. I mean, it's not like we have a lot of time, but we we started this, so now we got to... We got to do it. We got to do it. But that's the thing is everybody's really busy (laughs) and you have to find an intersection of their free time and our free time and everybody can scrape it up and it's, it's, it's tough. Uh, The events on the farm, before we get in the interview, there've been some events on the farm, more of the eggs that we put under chickens, the duck eggs we put under chickens who've gone broody have hatched. Uh, We lost a couple. Yeah, there was Aglish apparently did not want ducky babies. I don't know. I don't know if that's a thing or if she's just mental. Or she's bad at being a mom. I don't know. But we lost two that never made it out of the egg. Almost. One almost did, though. Yeah. But they never completely got out. So then I suggested, let's just put them in the incubator. She's like, you think? She's like, well, there's two in a week. I mean, who knows? So we put them in the incubator. And we've hatched two of them. Yeah. And I haven't posted them yet because I honestly have not had time. But I've been taking Mm -hmm. pictures of them. So posts will be coming. There is Lark Hall and... Crap. Wish. Sorry. His name is Crap? Nope. Her name is Crap? Nope. Oh, my gosh. This is the problem with weird names. Wish Shaw. What was it again? Wish Shaw. Wish Shaw. So Wish for short. It's kind of like in uh, the Bad Boys movies. Woosa. <laughs> Woosa. They're all Scottish names, so they're hard to remember. I'm still trying to remember the 12 duckies and the 8 chickies. I got most of them, but but the it's a lot of names. <laughs> two of the 12 she's talking about, we hatched those two under a chicken. But those are the ones that successfully hatched under a different chicken. Yes, Ardra was very good, and she was quite upset when I stole them from her. But to be fair, I'm sure Eilish would have tried to kill them. So it was better off at the end. Yeah. So it, it turned out we have more ducks than we thought. We're hoping <laughs> that the ones we hatched are girls. The The two brand new ones are in that stage where they're just a maximum adorable. There's and, a little. And they don't make a mess yet. Well... They haven't, they haven't become the kind of, like, industrial poop machines that the older ducks have become. Yeah, they still fit in the palm <coughs> of your hand, and, oh, they're so cute. And they're yellow, so they're probably, I'm guessing they're a mix of the Duclair female and Pekin boy, so. Which essentially is a Pekin. slightly, uh, it's a Pekin. <laughs> it's a slightly smaller, because Duclairs are just a smaller Pekin. But not really. Well, they've got some different personality traits, I guess. What what are the differences? There is, I haven't really 
experience much difference. Like a lot, a lot of our duclairs have little freckles on their noses, but that's they both get leg issues. Like Carlos up front because she has so many leg issues, she has a hard time walking. The the larger ducks are going to have trouble if they're on rough terrain, like like a hill and stuff, and there's rocks and things like we have out back. If you're bred for meat and you're just a big old body on regular duck legs, Pekins are going to have the hardest time, although some of them have done well, but others have had trouble. Uh, Duclairs are slightly smaller than Pekins, but they look a lot like Pekins. So they just have the same trouble, but not quite as much of it. So the the chances of a Duclair doing well on our property are much higher than a Pekin, but it's still not perfect. So... That's why we have the the building up front, which we call the hotel. Yeah. So if they have leg problems, we put them up front. If they get 100% better, maybe they go back to the back. But if they still, like a lot of the ones up front we have now, are they have chronic problems. They're probably going to be there for their entire lives. Yeah. Like my little Bray Bray, who's not so little, he's just, he limps along. He gets around though, but... I don't think he'll ever heal. I don't know what happened. Yeah, I think he's got a permanent, permanent trouble. But he gets around because they're they're in the front on the, the level-ish shelf that the house is on, so that's the easiest possible terrain, and they don't. It's not as big of an area that's fenced in, so they got a pretty good deal. Uh, They've got a nice house. Everything's cool. They got a couple little pools. So that, that's why we call it the hotel. Um, although, actually, before we let the dogs, we're, we're getting rid of an old picket fence. So now it's becoming one big area, but it used to be subdivided, and the dogs couldn't get to where the ducks are. So we could leave the duck food out all day. And that's kind of how it got to be called the hotel. Yeah, but now the dogs go everywhere and can't eat the food. So Right, but they do eat the poo. They do eat the poo. Dublin, our 17-year-old pug, <laughs> who is deaf, and he's got arthritis. Mostly blind. Mostly blind. He can see kind of sort of okay out of one eye. Uh, not great, but enough to get around. Like we, we don't change furniture in the house, but he can. He can. He makes a beeline. His nose is perfectly fine. <laughs> he gets to the duck house and eats duck poo. He's 17 years old. I mean, what's he gonna do? Yeah, we can't really yell at him. So. He's doing the best he can. You know, if, if he had his way, he would be jumping all over the place. <laughs> but that's uh, that's kind of where we're at. We, we oh, I also got rid of the part of that picket fence that was up front and replaced it with regular fence so that we were able to take the goats into the front yard. They put a serious dent into it. We haven't mowed the grass in a little while. It's been tough to keep up with that part. So we, we just figured the goats would take it out. But, of course, goats eat the grass last they everything else first and then they they finally will deal with the grass we're getting sheep pretty soon one one single solitary sheep nope (laughs) we're getting a trio of sheep yay okay so two sheep uh no (laughs) this is a an ongoing problem (laughs) no it's not yeah it is a problem it is a problem (laughs) it's not a problem we got to stop doing chicken mass on goats. You're it's not, not goats. It's you're not going to get completely enough, different. You're animal. not going to get eighteen of those. <laughs> Someday. No. Someday. Changing the subject. 
Um, we're about to have sheep, and they will go for the grass first. So we've been told. That's the, the idea. So as I in the future, as I fence out more parts of the property and we let the goats and the sheep out there, they'll just obliterate everything <laughs> immediately. But we don't have a, a riding lawnmower anymore, and I wish I had been able to keep the one we had because you can drive it up and down the hill and not have to walk all that way. You can drag a gorilla cart behind you and put tools and God knows what in the gorilla cart. So it's handy to have a little riding lawnmower. It gets used kind of like a side-by-side, except you don't have another person with you. I couldn't because the the lawn tractor, it wasn't just a little lawnmower. It was a lawn tractor with a 48-inch deck. It was not paid off. So when we traded that in, we no longer had that payment. We now have the payment instead for our John Deere 1025R tractor. It just has a bucket. But I do miss having a little vehicle I can use to drag tools up and down the hill. Because I'm the guy that forgets a tool. I go all the way down there and I, I forget something. <laughs> but one of these days we'll get something. It's it's We don't have enough fenced out to justify a vehicle. But eventually we're going to have some kind of side-by-side to go up he and down the hill. He talks about every day. People. I do. So I do. It's in the work. Well, I would be cool with just a regular side-by-side, except I think maybe we need four-wheel drive for the inclines we're on and everything. They got that UTV at Tractor Supply that's eight grand, and it has a winch on the front. And it has a little pickup truck thing on the back. Uh, John Deere has a pretty good side-by-side where two people can sit in it, and it's got a dump truck thing, but it's rear-wheel drive only. And also, it's super expensive. John Deere. Yeah, I mean that it'll probably last forever, and the resale is amazing, but it's also really expensive. Yeah, John Deere is kind of like it's kind of like what Macintosh computers were, like Apple computers were back in the day, where they were glorious, but they were so expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's what's up with the farm. So let's talk about who we're interviewing and why. Yes. Let's introduce him. We're interviewing Sebastian Mead. He owns a small business in Freeport, Maine. Uh, it's called Buttons, Pins, and Things. And he's a, he's an old friend of Kara's. Yes, well, I met him. I think I met him when I started the Freeport Farmers Market way back when. That was like so many years ago. I don't even remember. Back when I was doing galley goodies. So, it feels like a million years ago. But it, it really hasn't, does. It hasn't even been yeah, a decade. Yeah, it hasn't, but it's been a while. So we've known each other. We've hung out, and he's a good guy, and he lives, yeah, I said he lives in Freeport. So, yeah, he's doing a small business in Maine. And he's an artist, which yeah. you don't think Maine as being, I mean, there are arty people in Maine, but it's got to be a tough tough gig because population's not great the population's low when you're in a large city you you have more of an opportunity for whatever it is you're doing to have some kind of crowd that likes it yeah but when you're in a smaller area or a, a lower population area you can't just do whatever and you'll have a market you have to figure out what markets exist in that area and i think sebastian figured that out pretty well I think so. Um, from what we've heard, he's gotten some business from other local businesses. So, And we use him because he makes excellent buttons. Magnets. Magnets. And other stuff. 
Yeah, and he does different kind of art. Like, normally you think main people doing coastal paintings and whatnot, but he does like these cute little monsters and stuff like that. So you'll have to check out his site and buy stuff. We'll so, put that in the description for the podcast. Yeah. The reason we're bringing this up on a farm podcast is that your animals and everything are going to cost money. And if you're not doing cheese or meat, you got to pay for stuff somehow. And typically... Well, it's also about small businesses in Maine. Yeah, so. that's true. Uh, but, but the thing is, like, for us, I have a day job and I, I carry some of the bills while Kara's business grows. And it's been growing, but she had to build it up. And it takes a lot of time. It takes a it takes and incredible money that time you don't have. and effort. <laughs> and so, you may maybe you're doing a farm, and maybe your spouse or your your partner uh, wants to do a small business. And if they can swing that, they can bring income in to help pay for feed, to help pay for whatever. And that so even if they're doing some small business like buttons on a farm. They could still help with the farm. So small businesses are like, like like we do here. Kara does a bakery. And all our farmer's markets have been with your bakery. Yeah. So that's how we've brought extra income in. So it's, it's, it's important. It's important to see all the different ways that you might run a business and make money in a rural area, in a, in a low population state especially. Yeah, it can be tricky to figure it out. But if you're doing something that someone else isn't really doing, it helps. Yeah. So I guess let's get to the interview and hear what Sebastian has to say. I guess we'll start with introductions, like who you are and what do you do? Hey, I'm Sebastian Mead. I make art, but I also make pins and magnets for other businesses like yourself um, and uh, bigger businesses like Coffee by Design or and things like that and make things for wholesale and other stores and yeah. <laughs> How did you get into that? Um, I thought about the graphic design stuff having been an being an artist and an art student. But I also thought about how, especially in Southern Maine where I am, you can't walk down the street without tripping over a graphic designer <laughs> or someone saying they can. Right. So I kind of processed that as like, why do something that is so flooded, but there isn't a lot of finished product businesses? And I liked pins, so I figured, why not do that and make pins for people, make my own pins, but make pins for other people. Um, and I decided to do it as a, like, a no minimum size so that small businesses have a shot and don't have to be like, oh, I have to buy a thousand right. and then get stuck with a ton. <laughs> Yeah, that's what happens with a lot of businesses. You have to order so many, and then it's like, I can't afford to order that many. So 
and they right. And I don't, and I made it so that it wasn't like a, oh, if you order this much, you're paying for this much less. I do per pin that's purchased. Yeah. What's the labor like for that? I mean, what's your production process? Have you, have you, is it all by hand for each pin? Yes, one by one. Um, if I can at one day grow so big that I can buy a factory, it'd be great. But that is not where I'm at. I am a hand one by one. I have little paper cutters for the circles. That's all done one at a time. Each one's cut. There are there are some paper cutters out there from the company I buy my stuff from that like I could cut a stack but that gets kind of tricky because if, if all the paper doesn't line up right and you cut down through you can lose half an image half the images right there so I just find some tv shows or movies and pop them on and sit there and do it <laughs> like oh I have a order for you know 2,000 pins what what kind of show can I watch that I don't have to really watch? <laughs> What's your go-to show? <laughs> uh, let's see. I've done the X-Files, the full series, a couple times. Um, I've done... I tend to, like, lean into things I've watched before. Yeah. Um, every now and then I'll be like, oh, there's this show that I like, but I doesn't feel like I have to truly watch everything, but I've also gotten to a point with my processing that I do that I don't have to be like, oh, I have to pay so close attention. I've kind of gotten the rhythm down that I can be like, oh, let me just look down for a second. Okay, I'm fine. And then look back up and kind of yeah. go that way. Only time I really have to kind of focus is cutting them out. <laughs> yeah. But TV is still kind of a, double-edged sword because it helps you pass the time but if it draws too much of your, of your brain then it interferes with how fast you're going so that's right. why you're using stuff yeah. I've seen. right stuff i've seen or shows that like that are kind of like more like a podcast kind of thing where there's a visual so i can look up occasionally when i just need to kind of sit back and relax for a minute mm -hmm. but i can listen to it and be like oh okay i can listen to this <laughs> Yeah, I'm the same way in the kitchen. I gotta have something on, but it's mostly all like sitcoms or reality TV because you can zone out. Right. She went through right exactly. <laughs> she watched every season of Murder She Wrote while she was working. There's a lot of seasons, but not watching. I, mean, <laughs> I am a, a supporter of the fan theory that Jessica is the murderer and that she has framed everyone. In every episode, it's I've also heard the I've also heard that there was a the idea that would have been great for the lot final episode was that she was sitting in the prison writing the stories. Because yeah. <laughs> Jessica takes a vacation in Greece. There's a murder. Right. Exactly. But she's kind of like the Midsummer Murders shows from the BBC. Where you wonder yep. if there's any if there's any population left in England in the villages, <laughs> right? They're like exactly they killed each other over twenty years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> Getting so, back on track again. <laughs> I know I, this I is love that though. That she said all the episodes are just her from prison writing. It's awesome. That would be good. <laughs> would that be a great concept? <laughs> if they like redid that show, that's what they should do. I'm sure they will because they've done everything else. <laughs> right now there's gonna be a remake of some at some point. Yeah. So you're in Freeport, right? Yes. I am being in Maine. It's it, when you're in a large city like Boston or Philadelphia or something, there's so much going on. But when you're in Maine, the only place that's even remotely like that is Portland. So if you're in a smaller community, you have to figure out, right. you have to figure out your niche, which, I mean, you seem to have done that. Uh, do you do like a lot of online stuff? Yep. So I mean, you got coffee by design. Surprisingly, no. <laughs> really? Right. Huh. Like I have coffee by design. They're they're my they're my biggest. Um, I have a few small businesses that I've done over time. Usually, what happens in that aspect is a small business will order. They'll be like, "Oh, I like this idea. I'll order a hundred. and then they turn around and go, "Whoa, those went really fast. I'll order two hundred. So it'll be it'll work that way. Um, and then there's a shop in Portland the souvenir shop down in the old port hmm. and uh he buys big orders from me too of both his own stuff that he has me turn into magnets and then also he does order things i make um as wholesale so i have that kind of crossover of my services plus so you're building really local. wholesale aspect that's good Right. This is all um, business. Then, I mean, I have a few. Right. Like I have a friend in Philadelphia that has a bakery that orders for me on occasion when she's running low. Um, I have a friend in Chicago who orders pride type mag uh, pins for me for her school that she works at. Um, I, and I have like a few people here and there, but, and then actually I'm, just finishing up an order for the acro cats out of and i think they're out of georgia now and it's a traveling show of cats doing tricks and stuff it's <laughs> the whole thing i guess um but i'm a dog person so i know uh, <laughs> they, they reliably get cats to do things i i've never i, heard I guess so yeah that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, you have to look up acro cats. Yeah. yeah, I'll be I'll be posting images of their things soon and tagging them so you can check out their off my Instagram. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, but but the thing is, like, so like, and with them it's tricky because they're ordering for me, and sometimes I have to try to line up the shipping with them because they're going on the road. So sometimes it's shipping somewhere ahead of them or getting it hopefully it gets to them before they leave kind of situation but overall i find that online i just haven't had the bigger orders from and i've been on etsy and stuff like that and i get occasional orders there but a lot of times i find locally i find more people or businesses wise too um, and with local business, it's nice because I can kind of turn around fast enough and I can kind of 
hand it over and make the delivery. I don't have to worry about shipping, which is a trick of its own. <laughs> These days, for sure. Yeah, Kara hates, <laughs> hates shipping. If she yeah. can avoid paying yeah. for shipping, it's mm -hmm. great. Sometimes you can't get away from it because I don't drive anymore. So, you know. But she has me right. driving for yeah. our wholesale is within an hour of the house. So there's a radius right. on the map. Well, that's like I don't drive either. So that's a whole <laughs> configuration of things. It's like, okay. So a lot of times I can get, if it's some things like a good portion of the time, I have people pick up if they don't want it shipped. Okay. So if they come here, I'll be like, okay, you know, there's definitely bigger orders. It's like, I'll bring them to Coffee by Design. I don't mind doing that, you know, or the shop in Portland. I'll, deliver there uh, but those are also orders that are those are a couple hundred dollars to a thousand, couple thousand dollar orders so oh. i don't mind i don't mind dropping them off as, mm -hmm. the, as part of the service at that so, point. so how do you get there do you have family drive you uh yeah I, I either have my mother drive me down or there's a public bus right here so that comes from freeport and heads right to portland so i could jump on there and do that spend oh, a little bit of time that's so it's really cool that there's yeah. a bus from freeport to portland yeah and then there's a there's a new spot in freeport um in the what's it called the uh the freeport market and that's in the um, village station um area which is a complex area across from ll bean and where Calvin Klein used to be, a person took that space on as a bunch of small vendors. So I have a spot in there that I sell stuff out of as well. Oh, nice. Yeah. So it's a storefront that I can have in Freeport with, that I can actually afford. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is just a really great example of even if you don't drive, I mean, yeah, sometimes you need help from family, but you can still get it done, especially for larger orders. Right. So right. You find it tricky to be an artist in Maine? Are you like that starving artist type? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's tricky. Yeah. It is tricky. Um, and I don't do and I don't do like what some people consider the traditional Maine art stuff. Um, I don't I don't do landscapes or seascapes and stuff like that. I'm more of a pop art monsters and space and robots kind of kind of thing <laughs> not even one lighthouse <laughs> i've done no i've done some lighthouses you could do a monster i actually have a actually yeah i have i will have the what i've what i've started as with t-shirts and stuff and it's the official main monster oh yeah and it's this goofy looking monster and then he has the the shape of Maine on his stomach. Um, actually, I have one for every state, including DC. I've also created ones for every county in Maine, plus Katahdin, Cadillac, Mount Cadillac, and the Gulf of Maine. <laughs> so I've kind of done, kind of run off of that little series yeah. of stuff. That's fun. Yeah. 
So when you're not hurts <laughs> and pens and things, uh, what else do you do? You got into the the local Grange, is that right? I did. I got. I joined that. I joined that about eight years ago. It's literally right up the street from me. Should probably. Explain we had gone to Dean. Yeah. What is it? Yeah, grange? and we had, people don't know <laughs> what is a grange. <laughs> um. So it's always the question whenever he's whenever I say it too. It's like, oh, what 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 is a grange? <laughs> um, granges were created in the eighteen hundreds with Abe Lincoln and all these people involved that were kind of tired of hearing their farmers coming one by one going, I'm having problems. So like you guys would be having a problem on your farm. I'd be your neighbor and I'd be having problems on my farm, but we wouldn't say it to each other. Cause you know, you don't want to make each other think you're doing something wrong. Um, so but they'd be going to their congressmen. They'd be going and saying, and the main thing was that the rail system was rich, was ripping us off. Hmm. And basically, they said they actually got masons and said, "Could you guys help organize these guys?" And it became this kind of early union of farms. Um, and then when they were making the decision to do this they had a woman there taking as a secretary taking notes and during the second meeting she said you know guys women work on the farm just as much as the men <laughs> and they said you're right and it became a 50 50 to make a farm to make a grange was in theory is it's a 50 50 men to women women had the right to vote everybody was equal it was very very progressive for its time yeah. um, and actually the Freeport Grange will be as an organization will be 150 next year oh, wow. um, yeah so that's and it it was and so what it is nowadays um, it's still farm oriented but the idea is that you have like the small granges, the local granges can kind of do what they want to do to respond to their community. Um, like the Freeport Grange, we run differently than the Topsom Grange or the you know other whatever the granges are around. Um, so it's kind of, and but we still have to follow the rules of the state grange and the national grange. They're still. Rule. Abroad rules, yeah. So, what kind of things do you do there? At our Grange, we have markets, which you guys have occasionally been at back in the day. Back in the day. Um, <laughs> uh, we do art and craft markets. We've been working on trying to get a farmer's market type thing going. That's been kind of difficult. Farmers have been difficult on that one. Yeah. And mainly, that's a mainly we get a well, if you guys are new, I don't know. It's like it's the catch twenty two of the situation of like if you guys don't help grow it, then we can't grow it for you to come later to a thing that Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and then we have a but then like so we, we do that kind of stuff. We rent it out. 
too, but um, we do different kind of events. Um, and then we're also, we've started a, we're starting, we have our own garden out back. Uh, we just, or I just added soil to the, to the beds. Um, and we're going to have a greenhouse that we have to put together so that we can kind of extend our seasons on either end. So basically the yeah. whole community helps out there and all volunteer basically. It's, it's a, it, it, it is an all volunteer. There is members. Uh, we are up to like around 24 members or something like that. Um, and it, it, it is a paid organ like you pay into the organization. You go through a ritual to be part of it because I think it was started back in the 1800s. Um, like so we have eternity sorority thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we do have ritual. <laughs> Send everybody out on a scavenger hunt. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. Uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's and it's, it's been dialed back a good amount which is good um it's been simplified by the national grange too so it's where it used to be like you have this huge day like when my mom and i joined we had it we were there for like six hours going through these rituals so it was a bit like okay but it's been simplified that you can still go and do all that but here's a simpler thing that takes 10 minutes to kind of get the same information just in a smaller part. Right. So, which is nice. And in this day and age, it makes people be able to actually join Granges, I think. That's yeah. why ours has grown rapidly over the past few years. Yeah, because if you have to do like a six-hour thing, people don't really want to do that. People, do, people don't have... Well, yeah exactly where back in the day people could do that you know nowadays things just go so much faster that it's like eh, not gonna be able to get those people to do that <laughs> yeah it's hard and back then too people work schedules were completely different where now it's like people especially in this part of maine it's like people work within a 24-hour span so it's like some people start at six at night and are overnight where some people are starting their day at six in the morning you know it's like right. so you can't so to make to make it possible for people you gotta make it more simplified i guess yeah, it used to frustrate me when I, back in the days when I worked third shift and anytime anybody wanted to meet, it was basically in the middle of my night. I'm trying to sleep. And that was when everything happened. Right. So it's, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. People working different times a day, trying to like come together for an hour or maybe two, that's possible. But six hours is a lot to ask for. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was interesting I do try to tell new members that if you get the chance to go and see and experience that, it's worth it for the historical aspect of it. And that's a lot of what we're focusing on. We're trying to focus on 
keeping the history alive, but moving forward <laughs> so that it's it's more update stuff can go on. Nice. So what else you got? Okay, so on top of the Grange and your business stuff, you also do a little backyard farmsteading, homesteading, I guess you want to call it. Yeah, urban farming, as some people call it. Um, yeah, because I got chickens. We've had them for, we've been having chickens for about nine years now. One of ours, and one of ours just passed away, which is nine years old. <laughs> um, and then, still, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, birds, birds alone have a history of just living forever. <laughs> Um, so and then I mean and people always go oh they only lay for a year like two or three I got chickens out there right now that are four or five years old six years old maybe and I get four to five eggs a day <laughs> so it's they're still laying um, it's just keeping them healthy you know it's like and with ours we have them in a large dog pen set up with a roof so that nothing can swoop down and in, and they can't find a way to fly out. Um, but also, and mainly that's just because I don't trust my some of my neighbor's dogs right. kind of situation. Um, so it's got to be hard where, when you, how much land you have, are you like, I mean, ours, I mean, our, we actually have a pretty, we actually have one of the bigger areas for our neighborhood. Uh, and we have like a large garden on the other side so we can grow. And we have a rooster and he wanders around all the time. <laughs> I would think but, the court wouldn't allow roosters, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, what are the rules like? Uh, <laughs> so, so Freeport, the thing is, in town, it is marked as a farm area because historically, Freeport, my my neighborhood alone, the houses in my neighborhood were built. Some of them were built from chicken coops, oh, really? and and built up from them, um, and just over to the other side of me, on the other part of town, was an apple orchard. So this was a farm area. Um, the Grange building itself was a was a staging barn or staging barn for cows. So you would bring your cows from far away, house them there for the night, wait for the train in the morning, and then load them up down there instead of trying to get them to the train at the time of it. Um, so it is a farm area. And then years ago, it was, you were allowed to have, like, I think it's eight chickens total. Um, so we were like, okay, let's get chickens. <laughs> um, and technically, roosters aren't allowed, but uh, But the reason why we still have him is because he's goofy. He's not a mean rooster, never has been, which is nice um but 
but he also is not very loud, but nobody has complained about him. Okay. Everybody's like, oh, I love hearing the rooster in the morning. We're like, well, that's like, even like, I have these neighbors and sometimes they'll have a party and I'll look over and he's wandered over to the party and all the people up there that they have visiting our family members. And they're all like, Oh, it's the rooster. Hey buddy. You know, they're all talking to him. <laughs> and he's just like, Hey, I'm here. It's like, what a weirdo. <laughs> he's, a little, he's a little weirdo. <laughs> so, yeah. So, so, so when that, I mean, and then a couple years ago, another neighbor of mine got a horse. So I have a horse down the street for me. So, cause again, it's a, farm area so huh. they're allowed to have a horse <laughs> where do they take it they have a good sized property it's fenced in there it runs around in there um, and then occasionally they have a, a ring to the side that they train in and then sometimes they just take it for walks up the street and into town um, I know there's a guy that occasionally like he shows up in town riding his horse through town with his dog. Um, Just taking the animals for a walk. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, in that aspect, I'm fine with it. But occasionally I know it, it's like he doesn't, the guy that rides his horse through town doesn't put a bag on the back of the horse. I was uh, going to ask about that. Yeah. Which occasionally I've seen him like I've seen areas where it's like dude you didn't pick it up and I know you know um, but then there's other times where like I've seen him like trying to get like paper like getting stuff to kind of scoop it up and put it into a trash can and I'm like dude this is public trash can which is fine but at the same time that's really gross <laughs> but it's like he should have a bag which I've seen those on horses you know for yeah, that purpose it's because she makes something i'm cool with people doing whatever they want as long as it only affects them but when you're starting yeah. to affect your neighbors you you have to show some consideration yeah so, yeah he should have a bag I mean, everybody could love the horse as much as they love the rooster if he would just have a bag right like um i mean the people that are down the street from me i've never seen like he walks it through but i think he kind of because he lives right there he, like it doesn't bother me that his doesn't and usually I think it's like oh the horse has done all its business let's go for a walk right. the guy that I see is he's from like I don't know where he's riding in from but he's not right in town but he's close enough and then he has like a dog that follows along <laughs> so it's, it's an interesting time <laughs> I, I would not have thought of Freeport as that i mean i i think a freeport is is like having a lot of traffic that drives through it but it's very strongly pedestrian like people expect yeah. to cross the street at the crosswalk and the cars understand that and that's the culture yeah. i wouldn't say that i wouldn't say the cars understand that but, <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's weird when like when i was in um it's been forever but last time i was in montreal people just crossed the street they just go and the cars are like defer to that 
And as an American, it freaked me out because I thought that was just, they were just going to die in front of me. And I was, I was expecting, and then the cars were expecting me to go and I'm the, the problem because I'm not going. Uh, And then you go other places where like in Rhode Island, they'll just like, they don't care. They don't care. I, I would, I would go out for a run in Rhode Island and the cars would specifically shift over into the puddle to splash me. Like on yeah, purpose. I had a cop do that to me. <laughs> Gave him the finger too. <laughs> I guess yeah, you know. I guess he was still laughing from splashing you. Probably. So he didn't care. But <laughs> but yeah, Freeport just I mean, I was always concerned that somebody would just cross the street, so I was careful. But it, yeah, I guess you live there, so you know that. Pe- I guess people are not always careful. <laughs> no, cars are not always careful, and people crossing aren't always careful. So, <laughs> and I've been, yeah, I was actually flipping on. I was basically, I do a lot of raising my hands up and like, what the hell, kind of <laughs> gesture <laughs> as people go through. Sometimes I yell. <laughs> How difficult is it when you're in a place that has a lot of tourism because whatever customs and agreements you have with your neighbors, the tourists don't know about that. How much how much trouble does that cause in the tourist season? Not it's not too bad because we're not because our neighborhood is kind of separate from it. You know, we're kind of like all the tourists are up the street, like they're up there. So we don't really deal with them. <laughs> we're not really you know, it's like when we're walking around and stuff, it's kind of funny. Um, like the Fourth of July parade's funny when you see tourists watching the parade, but then you see the locals yelling jokes and stuff to each other who are in the parade. You know, and just kind of like giving them a hard time, being like, "Hey, what are you doing up there, man?" You know, just kind of just kind of giving each other grief. You know, <laughs> like like why not? <laughs> so I mean, but that's. And you see the tourists kind of looking at us like, like, what the heck is going on? <laughs> you know, it's is that allowed? Are you are you allowed to yell at the people in the parade? <laughs> oh yeah, we do it all the time because they yell at us. <laughs> you know, I mean, the tourists would be confused. Oh yeah, oh yeah, but that's the thing. It's like it's like yeah, it's 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 normal. Or sometimes you kind of get that like you kind of get them being like, isn't this exciting? Look how cute this is. <laughs> You know, oh, look how charming of that is. It's like, uh, sure. <laughs> yes. What else do you want to ask Sebastian about small business in the state of Maine? Um, oh, do you need specific licensing for your type of business? Uh, as far as I've, everything I have is under, I can have under the, another business that my mom and I ran, which had an LLC. Okay. So everything can kind of run under that. So, um, and it's mine is a manufacturing, so or micro manufacturing. Kind of hard to explain, I guess, <laughs> on that end. Of it. You just kind of, I just kind of do it, and and then sell them off. Is there anything you would like to expand on that we haven't touched on yet, or include? Uh. I can't think of anything. Here's one. One thing that happens to us is Kara will need, in order to grow, she needs another refrigerator so she can store more prep. But you yes. never have, you never have the money for the refrigerator 
at the time right. and you make it up later, but you have to get the fridge now. So right. have you had a similar crunch having to buy equipment or materials or something? There has usually what I've done is I've built, I bought new machines, new size pins or whatever as I've made money. So therefore I have not made money. Um, but the, I had one person that wanted me to make these uh, magnets and he wanted a certain size. And I told him I would have to buy the machine. And then he, he actually supplied the funding that would cost to do the machines so that then he, I just worked those off for him. So he basically paid me in advance. I bought the machine and the, and the equipment. And then I made what he was ordering off of that and then continued from there. That was a good deal. <laughs> and that worked yeah. Cause now you have a new ability. You have those machines. Yeah. Right. And, and that's what, that's another small business, but he can trust that I'm going to deliver it. what, it, yeah. So he can be like, if you ever need payment in advance, let me know. I trust you. I guess I know where you live. <laughs> I'll come get you. Exactly. But that's important to note is that having relationships with other businesses and relationships with other people where you, you know who you're doing business with, you can do a lot more than with some stranger on the internet. Right. Right. Exactly. And be like, oh, I, I can get that payment in advance and they know they're going to get their product. And vice versa. Like sometimes it's like, oh, like I'll make these pins and then I'll deliver them and then I'll get the paycheck, you know, sometimes. And then so you're not like, oh, well, I'm waiting for this. <laughs> Where's the payment? <laughs> so true. So I should note that Aberdeen is sleeping right now because she has a big day of chasing goats. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a good day. Yeah. And my dogs are staring out the window because my mom went outside. <laughs> They're like, where are you going? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much for doing this and being our first interviewee. Interviewee? Yeah. Not a problem. I probably hey, won't listen to this episode. <laughs> yeah, okay. right. I don't know. <laughs> It'll be good, though. We'll make you all good. <laughs> all right, sounds good. <laughs> Putting up with the technical difficulties. Yes, we appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, no, not a problem. <laughs> right. we'll, we'll be in touch, you know. Right. Usual. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Thank you guys you. end up in this area, come on down. <laughs> let me know. I'll, I'll let you know. All right. Thanks, Sebastian. <laughs> Thank we'll catch you, you next time. All right. Yep. Bye. Okay, so that was Sebastian. We just want to thank him for joining us with our first interview. And, you know, it's all a learning curve. Yeah, we, we actually, <laughs> the first time we uh, started the meeting, we couldn't hear each other at all. We had to kill the meeting and start again. And that's kind of why we started with a family friend, because <laughs> he's patient with us and he was willing to try it again and, and yeah but it was like some stranger they're like you're unprofessional bye right <laughs> it was sebastian so he was making jokes about it and having fun with it so it was it was good so we thank him for his patience his time and answering all the questions and hopefully people will now know about him 
that you can get these awesome button pins and things from him. So to help promote businesses. Yeah. And you're also helping with um, anyone who makes and sells TV shows. Because you got to watch something while you're making oh, the yeah. buttons. Oh yeah, got to watch something, right? He's more on the different end of the spectrum than I am. Right now I'm watching Parks and Rec. I've been going through all the shows this summer because I've been mostly in the kitchen. So I don't know what's after Parks and Rec. I'm also I'm almost done with that one. <laughs> there was a time. It, this is crazy talk, but I'm I'm old. I'm I'm gonna be fifty in August, and Whoa. yeah, I <laughs> I remember a time. You're you're not that far behind. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> there was a time when you could actually reach the end of the internet. It wasn't you know the infinite ocean of stuff that it is now. Uh, but as far as like things you can watch, Kara has kind of scraped the bottom of the barrel. I've gone through like all the Real Housewives, every city. Oh my God. I, I walk into the kitchen while she's working and she's listening to Real Housewives and I catch a little bit of, and I was like, babe, these people are terrible. And she goes, oh yeah. And then she just keeps working. She keeps working. It's just, it's just noise. <laughs> And then the sitcoms I've been watching are ones I've seen over and over again. So there's before. Yeah, Sebastian touched on that. In the yeah, interview. you need to have some like not monotonous sound, but familiar sound, I guess. I so tried need... like Alias some time ago, but I wanted to sit and watch it, so that was not a good, not a good choice. So it's it's not a, a question of quality. It's like it's stuff you've seen a number of times. Yeah, that's and and. Not to interrupt, but they have like a rhythm. Sitcoms especially have a rhythm that is kind of easy to Ooh, do work okay. to. I don't know what it is. That's why no, I, I get keep it. going back to it. I get it. There's a predictable pattern to it and it doesn't yeah. break your... Like when you get into a good workflow That's and you're rolling, it doesn't break you up. Why I can watch Criminal Minds going to bed because there's also a specific... Rhythm, I know, you think I'm nuts watching Criminal Minds going to bed, but there's a rhythm to that show that kind of puts you at ease in a way, which there's is not a lot crazy. Of the, there's not like but, explosions and stuff no. in that show. So there's a lot of talking, yeah. a lot of murder, but that's okay. But so. But it's mainly, <laughs> from an audio perspective, it's just dialogue and it's very serious. Yeah. Like, so nobody's like... Making jokes and shouting and stuff. No, there's a specific... I don't know. There's got to be like some psychology to it. It starts off with a scene and then it goes with the... The BAU unit talking and... I think it's just a familiar pattern. Maybe. Maybe their <clears throat> voices are soothing. I don't know. Especially, you know... I guarantee you, it's not the criminal minds part. It's it's, it's the an voices, awesome it's show. the pattern. I love that show. And when I'm doing work during the afternoon, it's either King of Queens or Rizzoli and Isles. Whichever is on is what I put on. And Hallmark movies are also excellent to go to bed to. Not that they're terrible, but they are. There's a rhythm, and they put you to sleep. They are terrible. Oh, well, yeah, they are terrible. 
I, <laughs> they're bad. I tend to come to bed a little later because I don't I don't need as much sleep. Kara needs like what two or three hours more sleep than Which I do. I don't really get, but it, yeah. I try. But I, she needs she needs more sleep than I need. So I'll I'll, I'll come to bed a little later and I'll see the Hallmark things on and it's like ah so this is what it looks like when the script was written by AI it's just oh it's all the same script different actors but I'll say this for those movies all that lifetime Hallmark all that stuff you know what actors are getting paychecks yes writers are getting paychecks gaffers and whoever else they're all getting paychecks so you know what you go ahead and make that stuff and people watch them they're they're good to have on as background noise if you're doing stuff or to fall asleep to. So oh yeah, they, you they don't have to think about it. <laughs> they wouldn't make them anymore if people weren't. I mean, there's a market. People dig them, and maybe that's what it is. Like I, I'm, I'm just not the audience. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. But anyway, we should say bye. So bye.